Heavenly Father, help us to hear your word for us today. We know that your words are eternal and that you can be found everywhere. Help us to grow in faith together that as we hear your scriptures read, we learn to love greater in you and to seek you in all that we do. By your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And let God's people say, Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 through 14. The most cunning heart, it's beyond help, who can figure it out? I, the Lord, probe the heart and discern hidden motives to give everyone what they deserve, the consequences of their deeds. Like a partridge gathering a brood that is not its own, so are those who acquire their wealth corruptly. By midlife it will be gone. Afterward they will look like fools. Splendid and exalted throne, the place of our sanctuary from the beginning. Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you will suffer disgrace. Those who turn away from you in the land will be written off. For they have abandoned the Lord, the foundation, the fountain of living water. Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, and I'll be saved. For you are my heart's desire. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I came to today's scripture through a song by Bruce Springsteen called Hungry Heart. And it was listening to the words that made me think of Jeremiah. That everybody needs a place to rest. Everybody wants to have a home. Don't make no difference what nobody says. Ain't nobody like to be alone. Everybody's got a hungry heart. I've got a hungry heart. Lay down your money and you play your part. Everybody's got a hungry heart. I heard this and I thought of Jeremiah because I thought about how often do we think about what our heart longs for? How often do we think about what it is our hearts are hungry for? That everybody desires something, everybody is motivated by something. The question is, what is it that drives us? That if the Lord probes the heart and discerns hidden motives, and that we are judged by our hidden motives, if God were to probe your heart, what would he find? Recent events in the news really made me think about our motives for doing things. Too often we let our motives not be what is good and what is right. Too often our motives become, I want to win. And I will do it at all costs. Our hidden motive is, I want to be better than everybody else. No matter what. I want my will to be done. No matter what. The motives for our actions are often not very good. We see many people motivated by greed. We see people motivated by power. We see people motivated by fear. 
Boy, howdy, fear seems to be a big one these days. Sometimes it's fear of the other, fear of the outsider. Sometimes it's fear of losing power. If you ever wondered why things seem to take forever in Washington up until we hit right before an election, it's fear. There's nobody there trying to do things because it's the right thing to do or the best thing to do. They're doing it because of the fear that this next election might throw them out of power and this will be the last chance they have to impose their will on everybody else. Because the thing is, if we were working together, that wouldn't be a problem. If we were doing things for the best interest of everybody involved, we wouldn't be worried about losing the next election. We'd be worried about doing what's right. And sometimes we do the right thing for the wrong reason and we do the wrong thing for the right reason. And I think what's most troubling is when we do the right thing for the wrong reasons. And it's because sooner or later our motive is going to be exposed. Whether it's because we can't keep it in whether somebody else finds it out. Everything that we have done because of that motive will no longer be seen as something good. It'll be seen where it was that drove your heart to do it. We see this happen all the time. Somebody decides it's okay to cheat and steal their way to the top, but they're doing it for the good of everybody around them. But it's no longer seen as good once people find out the motives behind it. Sometimes we see it in people who do great things. And we find out that the motive is because all they ever wanted was the power to be able to oppress others, the power to say, you will do what I say. And suddenly we see those great things in a not so great light. But how often do we forgive somebody that we know that their reasoning was good? That they were doing their best and they did the wrong thing because they were just trying to do good? We often think that our motivation doesn't matter and that our hidden desires, as long as they stay hidden, are okay. That if we say, well, you know what, I really wanted to hit that guy today, but I didn't, so that was a good thing. We don't stop to say, well, maybe I should think about why was it I wanted to hit him and not help him? Why was it my heart desired to just shut him up than to help him understand? And sometimes it's understanding those hidden desires that help us to realize that Maybe they're affecting more than we know. Maybe those hidden things in our hearts are actually showing much more than we expect. Maybe it shows in the way that we treat others. Maybe it shows in what we say to our loved ones. When we let anger, bitterness, hatred, even take up a little bit of our hearts, it builds and it grows. And we foster resentment. 
We may not become aggressive, but we may become passive-aggressive. We may start not doing things as a way of saying, I'm not happy. We might love just a little bit less because we let those things take root. And we think that, oh, it's just a little thing. And before you know it, it's a great big thing weighing the heart down. And so often it's out of fear. The cure to that is hope. If you carry a heart full of hope, it easily casts out the anger. Because if you have hope in the Lord, you don't have to have unnecessary anger. If you have hope in the Lord, you have nothing to fear. If you have hope in the Lord, whatever would you fear? If God will see you through whatever may come your way, then you have nothing to fear. If not even death itself can overcome God, then we have no fear of death. If God loves the outsider, we have no fear of being one. If God loves all people, who are we left to be afraid of? When Jeremiah wrote these words, he was seeing Judah in a time where he knew that things were about to change. He knew that Jerusalem would fall. He knew that the people had just lost touch. They had lost touch with everything that was good, everything that held them together, everything that united them, that makes them strong. It had dissolved away. It had dissolved away because of all of these cunning hearts. All who forsake you will suffer disgrace. Those who turn away from you in the land will be written off, for they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water. Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, and I'll be saved. For you are my heart's desire. How's that for a prayer? How often do we think about our hearts desiring God? God's love, God's justice. God's grace, God's unity. Imagine if the people of Judah had been more united, more united in justice, more united in helping one another than oppressing one another, they might have survived. But they turned their hearts from God and they stopped believing that God could heal them and help them. They stopped believing that God could make things better. Sometimes we get ourselves so worked up thinking that we're going to have to make sure that everyone worships God the way we worship God and that everybody's going to have to make sure God is everywhere because people are going to take God out of places that God belongs. 
And I'm here to tell you that it can't happen. It can't happen because it's a fear that we have based on us. The only person that can take God from you is you. The only person that can pull God out of your heart is you. The only person that can remove God from your actions is you. Nobody can take God from you. Nobody can steal God away from you. No one can take his hope and claim it for themselves and leave you nothing. Because God is there for you. A God whose steadfast love endures forever for all people. We fear that we will lose God. And the irony of that fear is that it's that fear that causes us to lose sight of Him. We can't force anybody to pray. We can't force anybody to love. Because the thing is, it turns out you can't force anybody to do anything that's meaningful to God. But what you can be is an example. What you can be is a picture of what God's love does to someone's life. How God's love is transformative. How it's redeeming. How God's justice helps all people. How it unites people together in what is good. To turn away from what is evil. To join hands together. To let go of resentment. To let go of anger and hatred. That God gives us unity because God gives us love. And he gives us mercy. We can't be people of God if we have unrepentant hearts. If we do what is wrong and we are okay with it, we are tearing ourselves from God. If we do what is good for all the wrong reasons, we're not trusting that God will make the right things happen for the right reasons. Everybody's got a hungry heart. The question is, what is it that your heart truly desires? Amen.